Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by financial ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome to the China Shop. Everybody get inside, step on in, step on in. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me as always is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing twice as good. Twice the recording time, <laughs> twice the energy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Kyle, I've, I've never had recording difficulties in my life. It used to be me that had them all the time, so it's okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm just I'm just glad uh, that uh, you're you're still alive and, and not dead, oh. as I feared might be might be the happening case. Yeah, I thought I was having a kidney stone, but uh, turned out to be a back spasm. So it, it took two days to figure it out before I finally took a muscle relaxer and actually alleviated the pain. But uh, feeling much better now. Yes, excellent. And you don't have to go through the pain of of childbirth without your penis. Yep, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that the more painful part or is it the kidney part? I think it's the kidney part that hurts more. I guess it depends on how big the stone is. I don't know. I've, I've, despite drinking gallons of soda a day, I've never had a kidney stone. Right. Or maybe it's all that soda that's dissolving the kidney stones, keeping me, keeping me tip top. Or your kidney. <laughs> yeah, I probably just have good kidneys. No, you're dissolving your kidney. <laughs> Come on into the shop with us today, folks. Sit back, relax, rage against the hedge machine. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way into a complete set of fine china, sharing our ever-growing strategies for, well, really, we're just sharing how much you need to learn technical analysis. <laughs> <laughs> and how much it will cost you if you don't. <laughs> if you're new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out the Knowledge Center uh, there on financialineptitude.com or my favorite, you can give one of our beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll have all those links in the episode description, but really the, the best place to be, hop on our Discord server. Kai and I get on there every day. Uh, it's really just awesome hanging out not only sharing stock charts and technical analysis, but uh, that's where we initially share our news and hang out, talk. It's just a great time. Always better with friends. Uh, we'd love to see you on there. And when you do join the server, send us a private message or email with your mailing address and we'll send you a smash it yourself mug straight from the shop or even a shot glass. Uh, we're just really glad you're here. Or both. Or both. <laughs> Probably yeah, both. we're just glad you're here. I'm joined today in the shop by two rambunctious dachshunds. I apologize. Yeah, we're just all, we're, we're just so glad you're here. It's always better with friends. <sighs> Everything's better with friends, Kyle. Uh, hey, uh, we got, we got any shop news going on? So we were supposed to talk to Matt Rayner last week, but uh, the aforementioned issues I was having, we ended up having to reschedule that to mid-November. Uh, we did briefly chat with them. I think he's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real good personality. Yeah. Very, very excited to talk to him. Yeah. So in uh, place of his episode is going to be the beginner technical analysis with Dr. G. Dr. G. So we'll release that this week. That was a lot of fun, too. Yeah. And he also answered some of our burning dentist questions. Yes. 
<laughs> rounding out the rest of October, we got Anthony Fatsies and Changebridge. Uh, and then in November, we've got Alan Sama, another crypto expert, and Deborah Ellis of Cogent Advisors. After that, uh, really excited to talk to Deborah. Yes. Because she has a background in the movie industry, and we might be able to get some momentum on our movie script idea. Yes. As long as we don't have to write the script and we just do the idea. We're the idea men, right? We don't do any hard work. Yeah, I was wondering if we should actually have that written before we try to you know sell it <laughs> wait you mean you mean finish a product before you try to sell the product that's crazy talk. i know right never done that we've also never sold anything <laughs> uh, anyway yeah a lot of good stuff coming a lot of good stuff stay tuned for that but today we've got a delightful delirious debutante dare i say episode i was gonna say double got Ooh, double. That's that's a shot at me for needing yes. to re-record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only the first 11 minutes. Yeah, somebody had tech issue problems and had to restart. Oh, we got, we got lots of market moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than people killed by James Bond. Mm, that's a lot of people. Yes, yes. What about more options than James Bond's lovers that have been killed? Is that still a lot? That still is a lot. Yeah, I think, I think if you either try to kill James Bond or fuck James Bond, you are going to die. Yes. Which one has the worst? Which one has the higher death rate? Is what I'm curious about. Because it seems know. like it's one to one of sleeping with them. <laughs> <laughs> like every now and then, you got to let a guy live. <laughs> Listeners, let us know on the Discord because we, we'd love to know that ratio. Any any big James Bond fans out there? Who are- has anyone actually gone out and crunched the numbers? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so reach out. We love your messages and comments, obviously. We're, we're begging for them with the James Bond shit. Uh, we love them on Twitter, Facebook, Discord. If you're old school, you can send us an email to the number 2bulls at financialneptitude.com. Or you can give us a phone call, 725-22bulls. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you and your elite special forces partners have been framed for a crime you didn't commit. And now you're living in the underground, taking jobs one by one. <laughs> <laughs> taking jobs huh yeah you know like like Hannibal and yeah face and BA I assumed you're going with a team dun, 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 dun. copyright <laughs> dun, dun, dun. infringement <laughs> all right, all right Kyle, you ready to talk about the bed oh fine um, I tried to buy neo mmm uh, opened the week at 35.02 and immediately hit my stop loss at $34. It did finish the week slightly above where it opened, so I wasn't completely off basis at uh, that stop loss. Might have been just a bit too tight. Although it did yeah. drop quite a bit. I am glad I had a stop because if it didn't turn around, it could have been pretty messy. Uh, my bet total, it's sitting at 485.44, so I'm already down a nice almost $15 to start the month. Ooh, that's music to my ears. I bet. I, uh, I picked Disney. DIS. Um, they they started out the week at 175.56, and I was like, "Yeah, baby, go go go!" But they finished the week at 176.74. So mm. modest, mm-hmm. less than a percent gain brings my total <laughs> to 503.36. dollars 36 So uh, it's I mean, still positive. Right. Yeah. Do you remember what, baby steps? Do you remember what Random had? It was uh, something VH1. V, yeah, it looks like that. VHI. Uh, random <laughs> random took VHI, which opened the week at 23.07 and closed at 23.95. So now Random is sitting at a commanding $519.07. And it kind of feels like Groundhog's Day. <laughs> but uh, this, this is exactly what happened last month. Um, this is our show. We should not be losing to Random. And I feel like Random's probably going to be picking PLH this week, also known as Placeholder. <laughs> yes, yes, placeholder. <laughs> we'll let you know next week when we uh, tally up the results, <laughs> what random picked. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn it. That, that'll save our egos for sure. I know. <laughs> too big to fail, Dan. We're too big to fail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's, let's move on. Let's talk about some news. Okay. Where we are. Listen today. The shop is bursting with the week to replace. So sit back, we got some market to 
and fears Clowns running companies Laws change overnight Here we are It's time for China Shop News Yeah now It's time for China Shop News mm. Alright what do you want to talk about? I think you should lead us off. I think you've got the bigger, bigger story. Well, the first one is a story that my wife actually sent to me. Uh, it's a really good read, but it's talking about the everything shortage and just how... Because we talked about the container ships stacking up outside of L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just talking about just how bad this shortage is and how many things it's actually touching. So, I mean, the supply chains are basically uh, overloaded pretty much everywhere. Um yeah. There's the traffic jam in the California ports. Uh, it's gotten to the point now where uh, reserving a container ship, that, or just a container, a container that holds 35,000 books, used to cost $2,500. Now it costs 25000 Tenfold increase. Yeah. What? Shipping a parcel from Shanghai to L.A. now it costs, is six times more expensive than shipping one from L.A. to Shanghai. Whoa. Yeah. It all has to do with the direction, because all the goods that come from China come into the U.S. are just... Like I said, backed up. And it's not just the, the container ships. Uh, it's also the um, the rail cars. Rail cars are sitting around parked at West Coast ports. Since they can't unlock their, or unload their goods, they can't go back and collect more stuff from the filled warehouses in the interior. So it's just kind of exacerbating that. Then even the truckings. There's uh, about 60,000 drivers shortage in the uh, the Truck Driving Association. Oh, I'm not sorry. Yeah. 60,000 drivers are short, according to the Minnesota Trucking Association. I used to drive trucks, and I've got I've, I've had recruiters call me mm-hmm. over the last year, and and I've been like, uh, yeah, I'm not 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 a trucker anymore. <laughs> Sorry. Everything seems to be tied into just this labor shortage that's going on, and uh, I think we even have some numbers in the payroll that I wanted to kind of touch on too that kind of ties in with this. Uh, we got the September payroll numbers, which was a miss. Oh, uh, we yeah, we we've got. I think that that's a that's another. You, story i want i want to get to well okay we can talk a little bit more about it but i want to talk about some of the numbers on here real quick that just uh kind of stuck out to me uh, i'm trying to find it here real quick the gap between the size of the labor force in february 2020 to last month's uh is th- over three million like there are three million more people employed in february 2020 than there are as of the latest report so we're still down three million workers and it's not like there's not jobs just nobody wants them now well, that's that's a, we'll get to that story. I want to keep talking about the yeah, supply yeah, chain yeah, stuff yeah. for a second. One of the things that we've seen in our lifetime is a switch to almost instantaneous supply ordering. And what I mean is, is like when we were kids in the 80s and 90s, a company had to forecast how much of a good they might need mm-hmm. in with and give enough time to ship it and get it to their store right to, to keep things on the shelves but as the technology and the internet's increased we've hit a point where like i remember working retail and cost plus world market where like somebody would buy something and it would be on the truck within the next week back in the store right like there, there was no the store having a big back stock like if you remember like we'll check to see if you have it in the back like that's that's <laughs> not really as big a thing anymore because everything is so instantaneous it's like well oh we need more of those like well it's necessary it's it's necessary it's cheaper to if you can get it quickly enough it's cheaper to to have the supplier basically maintain the stock for you rather than to have space tied up exactly holding all this stuff that's not getting sold yet exactly and if you're able to do that thanks to technology we we have been so far right uh i, I can't i can't remember the exact uh, name of of what they call it but uh this basically it's basically efficiency it, it is it's hyper efficient mm-hmm. uh but as we're seeing it doesn't take much to break that supply chain down well whereas before it would have taken more to me this is all tied to the labor market and the shortages yes and uh, there's two things that i think that are kind of contributing to this one of them i pulled up uh, the total u.s population by age and generation mm-hmm. gen z is about 86 million that's uh, people from 1 to 21 years old millennials 82 million that's from 99 to 81 gen x from 81 to 65 there's 65 million and then baby boomers 65 to 1946 age 55 to 74 there's 68.7 million of those and i think mm. that's where the key breakdown is right now i think that there's a ton of people that are at or close to retirement age that probably got laid off or uh due to the uh the, the shutdowns from the coronavirus pa- uh uh 
you know, coronavirus results or what do you want to say? How do you word that? I think a majority After, of this group or this demographic got got por- uh, pushed out of the labor force due to the shutdowns from the coronavirus pandemic and probably figured mm-hmm. out that they don't need to go back. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's a very large percentage of people that are at or near retirement age that probably weren't retired, uh, probably figured out that, hey, guess well, what? I don't need to work anymore. And well, and, and I think speaking to the younger generations, you know, you look at wage growth versus economic growth and wages have just stayed still. That's the second key. Yeah. Yep. Uh, like the work value proposition, like it doesn't, doesn't pay, doesn't pay to live, (laughs) you know, Uh, if you you can't, you can't get jobs to afford to live, like, well, can't make it anyway. Why, why am I showing up to work? Right. I think the key lesson to be learned right now is that if you're still in the labor force, um, you should be getting a raise or you should be going for a raise. And if you're not going to get a raise from the person you're working for now, uh, look around because I'm sure somebody else will pay you what you want. Yeah. Well, that's honestly part of why I I took that leap. I was like, what's the worst thing happened? I go back and look for a job when (laughs) companies are so desperate for workers. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go get, I'll get, get paid a lot more. I'll get a raise just for, just for going back to work. (laughs) Well, the, the, the troubling thing with the baby boomers, I think, going into retirement, which is what I think is happening. I've got nothing to back this up. This is just my pure speculation. My favorite. But I have seen for during my time in the uh, the steel industry, there's a general shortage of people entering into like the skill trades, like learning how to be welders or electricians or mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of those jobs were filled by a very aging workforce and if they're leaving now yes. and there's nobody taking the place I mean, we want to get a really good job go learn how to weld go learn how to be a pipe fitter yeah you know they're not glamorous jobs but you make six figures doing them and there's a definite shortage on it electricians too mm-hmm. and, and i mean just as recent as four years ago uh my friend was redoing her house and i was talking to the electrician and because he he was there were, there were like days that he just disappeared yeah, he came back and I was talking to him. He was like, "Everybody needs my me so bad. I've got so many people calling, begging me." Like, yep. He ducked out. He ducked out for two or three days because somebody called him and they just offered him so much money to show up and fix their problem. Right. He was like, "All right, well, worst thing that happens if if I do lose this current job, I got paid so much on this three day job. Like, whatever." Yep. But then he was not <laughs> fired because we also needed an electrician really badly to water the <laughs> exactly. house. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> literally no call no show for three days comes back and like oh thank god you're back please right. get to work yes. <laughs> oh, please please do my job yeah so if you're still in the workforce and you're looking for a change uh take a look at those skill trades and if you're in a job currently and you don't think that the, like don't feel like you owe your job anything how well did they take care of you during the pandemic yeah remember that you're mercenaries yeah there's no benefits to staying with the company for 30 years anymore. There's no more pensions. Once they switch to 401ks, then the mindset of the worker needs to be a mercenary. You go to the highest paid. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and speaking of uh, jobs, I did have this uh, this news story about the, the disappointing September jobs report. Yeah, uh, that's probably the one I'm looking at, too. Yeah, the, came in 300,000 jobs short yep. than what, what economists expected. But, you know, being a politician, our dear president has said, hey, jobs are up, wages up, unemployment down. That's progress. Well, wages are up. So what if we miss the <laughs> analyst, Mark? Yeah, wages are up, though. 4.6% year are. over year. Yeah, fastest growth since February. But they're also saying that that's probably conf- affirming the inflationary pressures taking place across the U.S. economy. Yes, it's not It's not all just the labor shortage. It's also just because inflation, yeah. everything right. co- costs more. But that's also a reason why you should be getting paid more. Yeah. I mean, we've talked already about the housing rents, the way the rental market is uh, is going insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If you don't already have, if you don't already own your home, good luck. Right. <laughs> Shit. Uh, yeah. So un- unemployment did, did go down probably because wages are getting, getting up there. They, they, it's, it's a record drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's that's a misnomer because when you look at the chart, uh, the the shoot up <laughs> of, of long term, <laughs> like it was it was also a record spike. So right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else you got to talk about in the news? Um, uh, energy prices. Mm. Uh, yeah, oil's been going fucking, crazy, hasn't it? 
Oil has been going crazy. It's up four percent on the week. Uh, it's it's uh, boosted U.S. prices to the highest in almost seven years. I love how when oil goes up, the gas prices immediately increase. But whenever gas prices go down or oil prices go down, gas prices stay high. <laughs> right? Isn't that weird how that works? Right. As other energy prices like natural gas and coal get more expensive, uh, we're starting to see apparently some upside risks to this oil market, according to. Bank of America. Hmm. We're also expecting an energy shortage this uh, winter too, aren't we? I mean, you've been seeing those stories popping up. I, I, I have not been seeing energy shortage stories. Tell me more. Um, I don't have any stories <clears throat> to load it up, but the wife has been telling me about. Um, it's supposed to be a really brutal winter, and there's already issues with natural gas supply. So it's looking like uh, this winter might be kind of ridiculous as far as heating bills are going to be. Mm, yeah, I definitely see that happen. Like the, the fucking Texas last year. Yeah, yeah. So oil's up four percent. Uh, worldwide demand's growing as economic activity tries to rebound. Mm -hmm. uh, OPEC OPEC said that they're they're going to increase production, uh, and then the, of course the U.S. government is actively monitoring energy markets, but it didn't announce any actions uh, like releasing from our strategic petroleum reserves. Does it say would, would if help. any of the, the the rise in price has anything to do with the shutting down like the Keystone pipeline? No, not, not the pipe. I think a lot of our a lot of our own drilling was stopped uh, when Biden took office. So I wonder if some of that the effects of those decisions are starting to show up now. Well, wasn't the, the Keystone? Isn't that a newer pipeline? Yes, but it also ended up I mean, costing a shitload of jobs. Wait, creating the pipeline costs jobs or shutting it down? Shutting it down costs a bunch of jobs because that mm -hmm. pipeline transfers a lot of oil from fields that were no longer allowed to be used. Oh, I see. I see. I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm spitballing well, again. Sorry. <laughs> Finish your bow because <laughs> <laughs> this is going nowhere fast. <laughs> I'm all, I'm all, I keep trying to get through this I story, know, Kyle, I know, and then, I know. And then you, you just, you just like, well, let me take a right turn to something I kind of know a little There's bit about. There's something that I have heard in my head that I think I can contribute, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so the U.S. has not said anything about opening our oil reserves, mm -hmm. uh, which are vast. Right. Uh, prices are rising. Gas futures are up. Uh, uh, it's, but the, the, the backdrop is that supply is tightening, right? Mm -hmm. Like the the fact that OPEC saying we're going to up production and then the, like the price jumps up, it's like everybody seems excited. Like, oh, maybe we could get more oil. Hmm. Uh, uh, it's put, pushing prices steadily higher. You you think the announcing that they're going to increase the supply would bring it down, but that, I guess it doesn't go down <laughs> till the supply hits. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering about that. But like like you said earlier, like people are uh, really afraid the cold winter is going to strain. Our natural gas supplies and mm -hmm. wondering if we should switch to you know uh coal <laughs> coal production no probably not uh, <laughs> i guess i guess china actually did uh order miners in inner mongolia to ramp up coal production oh really because uh, in in china they do they're like oh fuck we don't have enough natural gas we'll get some more coal in here i know china's been trying really hard to push away from coal <laughs> right so that's kind of surprising to see that, yeah. Gas prices up in in Europe, and and I know that uh, that that Russia is probably making a lot of money right now selling all that natural gas to Europe. Yeah, I remember when uh, the gas prices were collapsing. I, th I almost got the impression that the U.S. was kind of like behind that, trying to destabilize Russia. Oh, like we wanted to fuck up their economy. Yeah, because <laughs> they are so heavily dependent on on fossil fuel exportation. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, because that was about the time when Russia was trying to start flexing their arms again, their strength. Yeah. Flying their bombers into our airspace again, just probing and testing. I think they were also, weren't they trying to, like, take over Ukraine? <laughs> yeah. Wait, are you saying Russia isn't our buddies? I don't think they BFFs? are. No, not really. I don't think they ever have been and they never will be. <laughs> I feel like they're reminiscent of what the Cold War was and want to get back to the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know it's a total digression, but I kind of want to, too, because I remember being a kid in the 80s, and it was just so clear who the good guys and bad guys were. And it's like, well, Soviet Union, bad guy. Yeah. Western Bloc, good guy. Well, the world is so easy. When they remade uh, the the uh, Red Dawn, they had to do it with Chinese and North Korean soldiers. Like, I don't believe that. <laughs> uh, you're right. <laughs> North Korea, No. <laughs> 
can drop a starving 98-pound soldier with no shoes into America and think he's going to do anything. <laughs> Kyle, you are really pissing off all our North Korean listeners right I know. now. I have no problem with that. You know, North Korea and Myanmar, two of our biggest markets. <laughs> We're going to get hacked. I'd, I'd be excited at this point if the if we got hacked, that'd be awesome. Government decide to hack us. Probably get news out of that. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, should we uh, sponsors? Should we move move along? Yes, please. Some loans are just a big mistake, and up over your head, drowning in those rates and fees. Someone left unsaid. Is the right kind of lender to find the thing that fits your needs and you just have to call her cause you know that she was born to be she's a home maker dream banker dead saver won't you call her up and see she's a home maker dream banker dead saver won't you call her up Two Bulls in a China Shop is proudly brought to you by Sue Pullen and Fairway Independent Mortgage. They are an equal housing lender, you know, Kyle. I do. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping so many, so many, so many homeowners, whether it's they're purchasing or refinancing, sometimes even a reverse mortgage if that's your game. Sue will help. Licensed in 27 states, reach out, see what Sue could do for you. Best way to reach her is just give her a call, area code 520-977-7904, or you can shoot her an email at spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue has an MLS number 206048. That email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com. That phone number 520-977-7904. Reach out to Sue for all your mortgage needs. And Two Bowls in a China Shop is a proud affiliate of the Trade Pro Academy. Mm-hmm. Trade Pro Academy is an educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders. Woo-woo. Which means you can finally learn to trade like the big institutions. We've got a great staff of highly knowledgeable, successful traders, and there's no better place that we've found to learn all you need to know to be a successful trader. Vico, George, Sarah, they're all great. Uh, you can find them online at tradeproacademy.com, or you can just use our affiliate link in the episode description. As it's a great way to support the show and improve your own knowledge and skills. Uh, that website again, tradeproacademy.com. Yeah, good stuff. We gotta get we gotta get Sarah back on uh, to teach me more about order flow. Yes, now that you signed up for Quant Data. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm looking at it and I'm like, God, I don't think I'm using this right. Speaking of Quant Data, if anybody's got any interest in that, they did share their discount link with us. You can find that in our Discord if you are interested in looking. Yeah. Yes, Trade Pro has a affiliate pricing with them. I think it comes to 60 bucks a month. Hmm, that ain't bad. No, no, not if you know how to use it, which I do not. Yes, that's kind of the key. <laughs> <laughs> which Vico was kind enough to explain a lot of it, but I think Sarah would be another great, now that we kind of know something about it, it'd be good to have her back. Yes, yeah. I, I, I think I need to sit down in front of the quant data with her and have her scream at my face mm, nice until i understand it call you a stupid I, I cunt that's how she she learned it <laughs> yeah <laughs> people pay good money for that which to be fair to be right <laughs> which i hear a lot it's just normally not so accurate yes all right <laughs> why aren't you learning this dan learn it learn faster ah, learn faster all right, let's talk about some stock stuff. Talk about some stocks. Now look at them bozos. That's the way to do it. Do your investing up commission free. That ain't working. That's the way to do it. Money in something like the S&P. It ain't certain, but that's the way to do it. Let me tell you, just play it long Maybe get an index tracking marijuana Maybe get some Arctic space fun Oh, Kyle. Mm. Kyle? Yes? Hey, Kyle. What? Guess, guess, guess what company still sucks my balls? Oh, is it Facebook? It's Facebook! <laughs> Fuck you, Facebook. 
Yeah, you could find our Facebook page at. No. <laughs> <laughs> what do they do now? Yes. Oh, uh, Zuckerberg released a statement defending his company. Mm, what do you say this time? He said, smoking doesn't kill. Why would we make a product that hurts users? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he said, Facebook, it isn't bad for people. Why would we make a product that's bad for people? Mm. Mm. I, he, I'm not, I'm not going to actually read his fucking stupid statement, but I will summarize it here for everybody. He took what Big Tobacco was saying in the 70s and 80s, and he just replaced tobacco with Facebook. I mean, that kind of worked in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, people were like, yeah, that makes sense. Right. <laughs> Why would they make a, a product that's, that kills you? No, no, no. It's not addicting. It doesn't kill you. Well, Facebook saying the same shit. It's not addicting. doesn't kill you. Facebook has killed more people this year than zombie bites. That is a fact. That is 100% fact. 100% true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've actually seen a lot of stories that are Facebook bashing. It, it seems they may be turning a corner uh, in, in brand image. Mm -hmm. Think it's time uh, to short them? Uh, let, me, let me pull up, uh, pull up the old stock charter Rooney here. They, have, they are on a not a positive trajectory. Let's put it that way. Yeah, they've been, uh, they've been kind of falling. Volume increasing on the drops. Yeah. Yeah, they they've been on an uh, epic upward run for a long time, but they they stopped out at three eighty four thirty three was their high, mm -hmm. and it they're currently at three hundred thirty. So we're we're seeing almost fifteen percent pullback from from the high. Oof. Uh, the, this this kind of news, yeah. You you look if you look at the daily, we've got a lot of huge red candles. Just this past week, they opened up with a big dump, and then they had two days that were basically the same range like yeah <laughs> they're like oh we're gonna push up to 335 333 and then like they open the next day gapped lower and pushed back up to the same spot and they got higher and then just shot down and then down again i am very very bearish on facebook mm -hmm. they're currently at a big level mm. uh Let's see. We got to think that some kind of regulation is coming towards them soon, and if that happens, there's guarantee that's not going to be taken positively for by the shareholders or the market. Nope, nope, or their business model. Yeah. Uh, the one of the other things that's threatening their business model, and and some of those internal papers leaked back this up. They're more scared of Apple. Oh, really? Than they are of regulation. Apple's making some privacy moves. Mm -hmm. And that means that the the data tracking for their ad targeting right. is going to get harder. If because because Apple's like, well, well, let's let's add some stuff on the phones so people can turn that off if they don't want their info Good. to be sucked up. That'd be nice. So much, right? Yeah. Uh, that that that's actually one of Facebook's biggest concerns because as an advertiser, we love targeted ads. It makes it so easy. But as a consumer, it's not always in your best interest to let big giant companies have all your data. I don't like the fact that my cell phone company can go back and look and see where I had dinner on you know some random Friday thirty years ago <laughs> or twenty years ago. Like I don't think you need to have that information. Oh, you said you've never had sushi, Mister? Yeah. I I can prove otherwise. I could see you were at Sushigawa in the corner of Fifth and Main. <laughs> I can also see what kind of tip you left, and also that you uh, you sent the order back to get it remade. <laughs> like, Jesus! You spent fifteen minutes of that dinner in the bathroom. <laughs> Problems? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of creepy that that's every dinner. Someone could extrapolate that kind of that data. Anyway, yeah. So Facebook, evil Dan Barish, big big level. Uh, the 200-day moving average, it tagged it on uh, on the 4th for, before moving back up. It is still below its 100-day exponential moving average. Uh, and I'm watching the, the $25 range. I want to see it break below there, and I want to see it smash through that 200-day and just never look back. Yep. It's really, really fun for me to read articles about how Facebook loses... <laughs> Uh, Facebook down 5% and then, and then it's like Zuckerberg loses this many billions it's like yes keep that shrinking right fuck him uh, um, I've got a couple of quick uh, stories here one Tesla is uh, moving its headquarters out of California they're going to Austin Texas oh but, um, but they're still intending to increase output from their Fremont and Nevada plants by 50% so 
So they are building this giant yeah. factory in Austin, but they're not planning on scaling production out anywhere else. They think they just want to take advantage of the. I think this is more for Musk personally. He wants to go live somewhere where he is not going to have to pay a personal income tax. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and and to to be fair, uh, uh, I moved out to the Bay Area for a little bit mm -hmm. before it got too expensive. Uh, well, it was technically too expensive when I moved out there, but then yeah. it got even ridiculously more expensive. Right. It was like, I'm not working two jobs just to pay rent. Go back to the desert. Yep. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people are leaving. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> for, for a million reasons. So I'm not I'm not surprised when I when I have friends being like, Yeah, I left <laughs> left San Francisco, moved up moved up to Portland. <laughs> like, oh yeah, must left San Francisco, moved to Austin. Yeah, makes sense. Yep. So yeah, uh, Tesla's still doing well. Um, still think it's overpriced <laughs> but that doesn't mean anything if you want to trade it people seem to agree that it's worth eight hundred dollars almost right right i think it's overpriced but the market does not well doesn't matter what we think right market's a competitive yeah. auction the price is determined every day the other stock that kind of caught my eye and this happened on friday ccxi uh chemo centric uh they got fda approval for their Vasculitis, vasculitis, vasculitis drug. Vascu vasculitis? Vasculitis drug, thank you. <laughs> I cannot pronounce things. Uh, the stock jumped about 95%. Whoa! It was up about 95%, it looks like, on the day. And they were up 80% pre-market. Yeah, the stock got a huge boost from that. But the question is, what does it do from here? I think I'm looking at the, the chart and just looking at that massive volume candle. Mm -hmm. And this is one that I would consider actually shorting because I think that just... What's the stock ticker on this one again? CCXI. You're going to... Okay. I would consider... You're going to consider shorting. Or buying puts if they are available. Uh, mostly because I think you just had, looks like, about six months worth of buying all in one day. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, looking at the average volume, uh, they're between one and three million a day, and then they end up having on Friday 145 million shares of exchange hands. Like who's wow. who's left to buy now at this point? It can't be many. Yeah, yeah, big gap up. I'm looking at their daily. They they also had a, a gap up at the end of last year with uh, but the volume candle. It's like one fifth of, of <laughs> the one we just saw. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. We had so many people buy. Like you had all the buyers for the next year or two. Right. In one one day. Oh wow. I think if I was to short that, I would probably put a stop around forty one. Just figure if it breaks that top from yesterday. That eh, maybe I don't want to play it, but I would consider shorting this. Yes, for sure. Uh, I got. Yeah, I mean. Oof. I got two other stocks that uh, I wanted to also kind of look at with you. Uh, GE and Union Pacific. I think both got upgrades uh, from the analysts watching them. Saw some. I've been seeing some decent price action. GE looks like it's been knocking up against the level around $107. I have a feeling if it can break through that, then uh, 115 isn't too far off. If you break that, then you know it can go a lot further. And then look at the way it's riding that 200-day EMA. Or the moving average, not the EMA. Yeah. Like, it's, it looks like it's getting ready to, to pop up here soon. Lows are getting higher. It's got a bit of an ascending triangle forming. Whenever, whenever I'm looking at it, and I'm, I'm like, how many times can you bang on the ceiling before you punch a hole? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Every time you hit that, the ceiling gets weaker. It's like throwing a baseball at your, at your ceiling. You know, keep hitting the yeah. same spot. Eventually, you're going to poke a hole through. It's done it a couple times this year, mm -hmm. uh, and before falling back, immediately retreating backward. Yeah, if, um, uh, if you're trying to play that, then you should be looking to take some profit around one fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so so they, they just had an analyst upgrade. You're saying? Yep. Them and Union Pacific okay. had the same thing. Union Pacific had a really nice double bottom at one ninety five ish, one ninety five, one ninety six. And it is now coming up. I think if I see that above 217 area, then I'd probably be looking to, to get a piece. Oh, yeah. Look look on the daily. It spells big W. Yep. That double bottom. Double bottoms when you have two points. When it hits a point, bounces up, and then comes down, hits that same point. Nice reversal signal. And in, in this situation, it's not like hovering around, keep trying to bang down lower. Like Right. It, 
it, it had one bounce, tried again, and now it's just on an upward trajectory. With good Spelling volume. the big W on the chart. Good volume on the upswings. Yeah. Lower volume on the downswings. Yeah, this looks pretty bullish to me. And you got a big, nice volume hump if it gets above that 217 to where there should be plenty of people willing to, to, to trade with you. It likes that area. Yeah, I was just yeah yeah I was just looking at that like it's right about to enter uh, high volume area. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So yeah, those are two. Those are two that I got my eye on. Is there anything else you uh, you're watching this week? I'm watching. Um, I was watching Kellogg because they had that news of the, the all their workers went on strike. Yeah, they didn't really do anything to the news. I, I was surprised that nobody really cared. <laughs> not not in a meaningful way. Stock moved like maybe sixty cents. Yeah, it came out. News came out on the fifth. Uh, Kellogg was at like sixty four dollars eighty cents. I think it's trading below sixty four now. I think it maybe took a day or two, but I expected that to happen right away. Uh, it did. It did finally start dropping. It actually took a couple of days though, which was really weird. It's it's dropping. It's got some decent volume. But uh, it certainly didn't react the way, if I was an investor, I would have immediately been like, oh, fuck, get, get the fuck out of there. They're not, <laughs> they're, they're, they're not even producing cereal. Right. People eat that shit every day. Like, it's, with the, <laughs> we already have supply chain issues. Like, it's already hard to, to ship the stuff. No, maybe like, their warehouses are full of unshipped cereal, so they don't have to produce any right now. Right. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But they're still, the, their recent low... Was it like sixty one seventy three? They're still above that. So yeah. if that breaks, though, uh, you got a little room to fall. Yes, yes, yeah. The the sixty sixty one seventy five area. Like yep. it breaks below that, look out. Also, we got recently. I'm looking at a nice little head and shoulders pattern too. Yeah, and that news that news came in right uh, on the shoulder. Yep, on the second shoulder. Ooh, yeah. I might this might be worth loading up some puts on. All right, uh, good stuff, Dan. Should we? Uh... Should we go ahead and just uh, get through the earnings and move on to crypto? Yeah, tell me about some earnings. All right, well, you're nice enough to send me a cheat sheet, so I didn't have to look them up myself, but uh, definitely... <laughs> a cheat sheet I did not look at. I just uh, sent it to you. <laughs> yes. The uh, earnings season is about to kick off, so we got a lot of banks coming up. JP Morgan on Wednesday, Bank of America, Wells Fargo on Thursday, Goldman Sachs, PNC on the uh, 15th. Uh, we've also got Fastenal on the 12th, and on the 14th also is Alcoa. Alcoa uh, is usually one that people pay attention to, as it's one of the first ones to report. Kind of tells you how industry is going to do. What is Alcoa? Aluminum. Oh. Aluminum manufacturer. Okay. All right. Should we play our crypto song? Yeah. Look at the news. What do you see? The cult of cryptocurrency I know you're greedy I know your needs You need that Bitcoin, Ether, NFT Cult of cryptocurrency let's, let's talk about some crypto, Kyle Good Crypto Kyle sounds like a superhero Doesn't it? Alright, well... You posted a story that I want you to talk about first. Oh, well, you can talk about it. Well, I didn't read it. So I'm going to be reading it as you're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming you mean the uh, Department of Justice announcing? Yeah, I just saw the U Department of Justice and crypto, and I thought, fuck. <laughs> Party's over. So what exactly are they doing? Like, what's their purpose? So they've created a cryptocurrency enforcement unit. Mm -hmm. So everybody, everybody in the crypto area can feel safer now. The Department of Justice is on the beat. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Great. The National Cryptocurrency Enforcement Team and NCET and sorry NCET mm -hmm. will handle investigations of crimes committed by virtual currency exchanges, mixing and tumbling services, and money laundering infrastructure actors. Uh huh. So, uh, uh, if you're not familiar, mixing and tumbling is uh, when they're obscuring the source of the transaction, mixing it with other funds. It's basically an electronic laundering process. Right. Uh, so, because crypto is used in like every ransomware attack, demands their payments in crypto. <laughs> literally every single one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
the yeah so so the the doj has graded i want to i want to call it nset n-c-e-t no that's uh, nsets are uh like ibuprofen oh okay <laughs> <laughs> that's why <laughs> this comes on the heels the treasury department did issue sanction sanction ah, sanctions against uh cryptocurrency exchange last month yep i remember seeing that that was the first time they've ever done that too yeah so after that then they were like why don't we why don't we create an agency that to, to do this for us? It's they're, they're still building the team, right? They're trying mm -hmm. to find people in their existing money laundering, like intellectual property, computer crimes divisions in the DOJ that also understand crypto. Because that's, <laughs> to me, that's that's the funny thing is, is they're like, ah, oh, we don't know what crypto is. <laughs> like Nobody does. Nobody does. Anybody working for us understand this? <laughs> yeah, and they're, I bet you anybody who says that they do, they're probably going to look into their past to see if they're, uh, you know, money laundering or buying illegal drugs or weapons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know everything about crypto. Yes, and it seems you were... This is all just a governmental sting program. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so they say they're doing it uh, because they, they want to dismantle the financial entities that enable criminal, criminal actors to flourish and quite frankly, profit from abusing crypto platforms. So they're doing this mm -hmm. for us, Kyle, for us. That's so nice of them. That's, yeah. mm -hmm. that's great. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, that's, that's, that's the first step. Every time I, I hang out and, and talk to people who are doing crypto and, and kicking ass in it, they, they never want to hear any news about how it might be regulated changing <laughs> and regulated much more quickly than they'd hope yeah um i did i did just i i ran into uh, a stranger that uh kind of became burgeoning friendship with uh this guy he's a crypto trader um mm -hmm. and, I, and i was talking to him about it and and uh yeah very very sunshine and and happiness with crypto and i was like i don't know china just shut it down they could do that he's like that'll never happen <laughs> like well yeah I, I would probably believe that too if i made a shit ton of money in crypto last year but uh, <laughs> as a guy on the sidelines who's not emotionally involved uh i see the writing on the wall yeah china outright bans bans the stuff and now the doj is like oh yeah we're gonna create a cryptocurrency enforcement unit gensler's talking about the the digital dollar like shit is gonna get regulated crypto is bad except for ours except for ours yeah, I just can't see the Wild West continuing much longer yeah. before it gets uh, civilized, as it were. Speaking of your crypto friend, are we, uh, we going to get him scheduled? Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We'll get him get him scheduled, get him on the show. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Is there anything else worth uh, talking on in the crypto corner? Yeah. Have you heard of uh, wrapped tokens? No. It's basically like a condom for crypto. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> got to wrap it. Got to wrap your Bitcoin before you send it to a stranger's wallet, Kyle. Right. <laughs> you don't know what you'll catch. Um, no, it's it's not, not quite that. It's a it's a it's something they started doing. Uh, it's a pretty fairly new innovation. What it's doing is it's letting you like like you can't trade Bitcoin on an Ethereum platform, right? Because mm -hmm. they're different tokens. Okay. So the wrapped token is like, oh, we'll take this Bitcoin and we'll wrap it in Ethereum so you can park it on an Ethereum DeFi blockchain. So your you can your Bitcoin can earn you 9% on the Ethereum DeFi if you wrap it in these tokens. Uh huh. So what's the equivalent of that? Like if I was to take a bunch of pesos and wrap a dollar around them and then go trick my bank into thinking I'm using dollars instead of pesos yeah it 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 does seem like seem like that right like i don't want to actually exchange these dollars into pesos but i do want to put them into the mexican bank to earn mexican interest huh. but i want them to always be dollars so i will wrap them in pesos and put them in the mexican bank but they're still secretly dollars in their bank <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah I don't know. Crypto fans, reach out. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I clearly don't have the best grasp of all of the crypto and the DeFi. I don't either. <laughs> <I've>... <laughs> but 
but it seems to be wrapped Bitcoin is a tokenized version of Bitcoin running on Ethereum. So the assets pegged to the value of Bitcoin, but it's on the Ethereum blockchain. Why? Why the, does it have to be so complicated? I don't know. I don't know. But apparently the wrapped coins, uh, the, this guy, uh, what's his, what's his fuck? Eric Bleeker, uh, tech analyst at The Motley Fool, was, was recently talking about it. He was saying this effectively means users must put their trust in the custodian that's pegging the value of a wrapped token. Oh, no, thank you. Which is kind of anticipating antithetical uh to the decentralized idea of cryptocurrencies he said yeah uh and and yeah i i i agree so we got one story where the doj is like we're gonna step up and start regulating the these places and then another story that's like yeah we got this cool thing we wrap coins but you really better trust your fucking <laughs> your system I'm maybe like, well yeah the doj DJ's on the beat. Maybe that's the plan, is to keep crypto so complicated that the U.S. Justice Department will never understand it. It's a good plan. Right. The, the, just, the Justice Department won't understand it until kids being born 10 years ago grow up and join the Justice Department. Yes. They're like, oh, yeah, I grew up with blockchain. I understand it. Yep. That'll give us plenty of time to do what we need to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. All right. Reach for the sky, mister. Ah, damn it. So close. So close. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fine. You can go first. What was your good? Am I good? I finished my 21-day sim challenge on Friday. Mm-hmm. And even better, I was green. Whoa. Even after counting for my sim commissions. Yes, I spent 21 days sim trading futures. Uh, looks like I might actually be ready to go live. I'm so fucking excited for you, man. I Yeah, I think I really flipped a corner this, uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've been down the previous two weeks, but like barely down thanks to good risk management. Yes. But uh, I was able to start experimenting around with different strategies and really found one that I'd like that seems to be working for me. So I think I'm going to do some more exploration with that uh, this weekend since you can go back through and do like replays. Mm-hmm. Uh, pick a couple random days that I haven't traded and then just uh, see how it works. I. And if I keep having continued success, and yeah, I think I'll be going live next week sometime. I like, I like the, when we first talked about it, I was a little like, eh, skeptical about the rewind. But I actually, the more I've thought about it, the more I, I like it. Mm -hmm. uh, it gives you an opportunity, like, since, since, you know, you're day trading the futures, like, you're picking a day you don't know, like, how you do on that day, it doesn't matter what happened in the past. It right. still matters to you and your process. Everything looks, I mean, when you put it on replay, everything looks the same. It just, it looks live. You enter your, I mean, everything trades the same speed. You put your entries in where you think that they should be. You know, everything works the same way as it would if it were live. And if you're somebody who's wanting to, you know, practice, but you're working like a regular day job, like you can go and replay the morning session, you know, after you get home from work. Mm -hmm. That's right. And basically be trading during like the prime hours. Like, yeah. The, yeah. The live function on Sierra charts, or the replay function on Sierra charts is amazing. Yeah. What was yeah. your, what was uh, your good? Ooh, ah, you know, so many, so many to choose from. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had a great week. I, I guess I should say my good was being able to, to start, start the sim trading on Friday and, mm -hmm. and do morning session and afternoon session and manage, manage to end both of those sessions green. That's amazing. That's really good. It really, it really, what, what, what really felt the best about it, believe it or not, was when I was doing the morning session and then I hit my third loss and I was like, oh, I'm done. And I literally walked away from it. Mm -hmm. uh, went to the store, you know, did some errands, then came back, like re, re-centered my head. Right. I was like, okay, now I'm ready for the afternoon session. I'm going to do better. I've, I re I've identified where I was fucking up. Uh, that, that's probably the best thing. That, that came of the week for me was I hit three losses and was like stopped, reset myself, and then came back in and did better. That's awesome. Yeah. We don't do that enough, I think. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Although if we get to the bad, uh, then you'll see where I end up doing the same thing. <laughs> oh, 
what was your bad? Uh, options day trading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Since we found some of the new tools with the TD Ameritrade, I've been tried a couple times to do some day trading with the options, and it was not doing very well. Uh, I ended up putting myself in. Well, I guess that'll we'll, we'll go to the ugly. Um, but yeah, I took a couple okay. losses and then I did the same thing. I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, obviously don't have it today. Didn't have it the day before. <laughs> Stop before I lose too much. Protect my capital. Yeah. Save the capital. Those yours. Oh, uh, definitely. Definitely. My options trading. My, my, my bad was actually trying to use the order flow to, to day trade the options on Friday and not fully understanding what I needed to be looking mm-hmm. for in the order flow. Yeah. So I took I took two losses, one right after the other, to the point where, you know, going over the day in my, my own my own ways, mm-hmm. I, I realized, like, I just need to take this money out of this account now before I keep losing it all. <laughs> nice. That's good risk management. <laughs> for, for, right? Here's risk management for you. How about nothing? I risk nothing. Well, you know, we we skipped over this process. That's one thing that I'm liking so much about futures is that it's a completely different asset. So I don't approach it the same way as something that I've been trying to mm-hmm. to make money on for the past 20 years. I don't have those bad habits to, to get over. Yes. But, I feel like I'm fighting too many bad habits. But I feel like if I want to actually make a run at options trading, I probably need to take a 21-day observation period and a 21-day sim period and actually do it properly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, so what was your ugly? Um, it was trying to trade with distractions, I think, is what I ended up boiling down to. Mm. I had my dad in town. Uh, we talked a little bit about this on the review. Tried to make some trades, and I didn't realize, like, just having just having him here, and this is nothing, like, he wasn't doing anything. There's no expectations on yeah. his end to, you know, entertain or anything. Just but existing. Just having him here <laughs> was putting, like, more pressure on me to try to be more successful, and it was not working. And I tried to trade through it two days in a row i should have stopped on the second day um i did make the right decision and put myself in timeout until he finished which was probably the best move i should have done that to begin with but yeah trying to trade with distractions just doesn't work if you find something that's keeping you that's in the back of your head that's distracting you then don't trade that day figure out how to deal with that distraction first before you try to try to get in there yeah yours oh mine mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Oh, I, uh, whew, I, you know, I made a successful trade buying some uh, Apple puts at a, at a certain level. Yeah. I bought them at the end, end of day, sold them the next morning, and then I uh, went back to that well twice and got burned twice. Oh. And the, fir- the first time it was bad. The second time, it was ugly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but this setup worked just three days ago. It works until it doesn't, I think is uh, something we learned a while ago, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, works until it doesn't. Um, yeah, I'm with you on the, the, the stepping away from options for a bit. I think if I do want to go back to them, yeah, I'm definitely going to try and do it right. I'm going to do an observation period and a sim period. Yeah. Same as I'm doing with futures because I've just seen too many benefits from, from yeah. approaching it this way. Uh, I I personally am am gonna focus on futures and futures profits that I move into my my Ameritrade account. Um, I'm just gonna be buying the dip. I'm just gonna trade equities yeah. instead of options. Yeah. I think I think I think that's where it's at. I've seen I've seen success mm-hmm. there. I've seen more success there than options. Definitely consistent success. And I'd rather have a higher batting average than a higher number of home runs. Uh, and I'd also rather try to trade a strategy that I'm actually, you know, finding success with too. Uh, buying the breakout <laughs> is not working for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah. I just don't see that as well as I do seeing rotations and trying to make money in the rotation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Shall we uh, should we make a new bet? I think we should. I think, uh, as is Fuck. tradition, you get to go first. Yeah, and I'm still not sure what I want to do. Mm. Well, we can start out with random. No. Well, we already know what random is. Random's PLH. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, part of me is tempted to just buy the S- SPXL. 
the triple leveraged uh, bull fund for the SPY. Yeah. But uh, I'm looking at it and I don't like the way it gapped up. <laughs> I have a feeling that it might dip before it takes off. Okay. Um, the other part of me really likes GE right now. Oh, yeah. In fact, I think that's the one I'm going to go for. I'm going to go with GE and I'm going to put my stop at 50 cents below the 200 day moving average. 50 cents below the 200 day EMA. Not the EMA, the MA, because that's the one I watch. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why you don't like the exponential. That's just what I put on my chart the first time, so that for consistency, that's what I use. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I'm looking at the way the price has dipped and tagged it a couple times and took off, so I want that to be... I'll stick with the one that seems to be working right now. Gotcha. Okay. I am going to go with eBay. All right. Yeah, you're shocked. I've, I've, I've hit eBay a few times. Has it ever worked for you? No. So... I'm seeing the setup I like, right? <laughs> and it's never worked for me. So you're going to short it. So I've decided I'm going to short it. All right. I love it. <laughs> Smart. Literally, like, uh, yeah, every time I see eBay doing this, I'm like, oh, 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 yeah, it's about to go. I'll get eBay. I'll get eBay. So so now, uh, yeah, I've decided, yeah, I'm going to short it. I will put a buy stop at 77. Okay. All right, give me some dice rolls, please. Odd or even. All right, let's see. We are looking at even. All right, and one through 12. Four. Energy on the NASDAQ. God damn, why do you have to pick fucking energy? I didn't, it was the dice. It was the dice. APA is random. APA? Yep, and boy, does it look strong. Oh, God. Well, yeah, it's energy, right? Oh god damn it. Yeah, oh it just and it's just hit a fifty-two week high. Yep. <laughs> oh, right. Integrated oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh god and, uh, damn it. You're and you you picked GE. Yep. And I picked eBay, shorting eBay. Alright, folks, there you have it. We got uh got another bet. Stay tuned. Got a lot of exciting guests coming up. Uh we're gonna be dropping a a beginner technical analysis episode soon mm-hmm. with Dr. G. And until until uh, next time, happy trades. Bye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.